Hey, Verano. What's got you down, clown? Remember that joke I kept telling you it was perfect for this part of the show? The one you have been hyping for the better part of the last three weeks? I mean, sure, at this point, I'm not sure what the output is going to match expectation, though. Yeah, that's for sure. So, what's the joke? Maybe I can help you make it funny. It's this guy. The, the joke is a guy? Yeah, sorry. <clears throat> I was trying to remember the details of the story. Anyway, this married guy I know is trying to tell me he and his wife have um, uh, decided to have an open marriage. So you're expecting a separation announcement any day now? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he went on to say that his wife had decided to stay faithful to him, but he has free reign to fuck whoever he wants. Oh, I see. And I'm guessing his wife is nowhere around to hear that. Am I right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, I hang out with assholes and you're going to start smell like shit too. Anyways, welcome, dear listeners, or listener, to Verano and Census Apprentice present DPIY. DIY isn't where we're best at, but it's how we make our show. What the hell? Don't I usually do this part? Oh, yeah, usually, but we're changing things up once in a while, and it can be a healthy for, you know, any person. Or a podcast. Yes, and I'm your host, Ms. Verano, and with me, a parody of the 90s era antihero cliche, the one and only The Senseless Apprentice. <laughs> yeah, thanks. You're about uh, 70 pouches, a metal arm, and a glowing eye short of a perfect parody yourself, my friend. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. So, what if Wrapped and I still haven't watched the last two episodes? Because, you know, it's what if. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we'll get to a reactionary episode. But for this, it is Cable and Deadpool issue twenty-three. Bosom Buddies Part 4 Biting Myself Written by Fabian Niseza, uh Pencils by Patrick Zercher Inks by Udon Comics And these are coming, I know they're so- sounding a little bit different at this point But they're coming straight from uh, the Marvel Unlimited app So if, uh, if we're missing out on anybody's names, uh, I blame Marvel <laughs> Anyway, uh, inks by <laughs> inks by Udon Comics, uh, colors by Gotham Entertainment Group, letters by Corey Petit, and cover by Patrick Zercher. Um, no, keep going. <laughs> so uh, we're actually. So I, I figured now would be a good time. We, you may have noticed in the past that our, our this section where we get to the uh, summary of the issue gets uh, a little bit um, scripted like everything else in the show. But that was only because when we first started this show, it was in the middle of a pandemic. And I had a new uh, baby at home and, and like there was just a bunch of things where we couldn't, um, you know, actually get together and meet at all. And so uh, I had the comics, but uh, Verano didn't. And so a lot of times what we do is I'd script out the whole thing and then send him pictures of some of the better art. 
and then he would uh, we, we'd pretend like <laughs> like we'd like we both read the whole thing. Um, but as time has gone on, we've actually been able to find ways to for both of us to have access to the comic. So instead of a totally scripted thing, we just both took notes and we're gonna you know talk to each other about the issue. <laughs> yep. Um, so to recap the page, um, the most recent least favorite character, the cat. Seriously, yeah, it's the Thor-like Prester John, and it's plainly homoerotic Stellar Rod. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I saw the cat on the recap page, and I was just like, ah, fuck him. <laughs> Again. <laughs> um, the cat holding the torn-off black box mask from the previous issue. So the story so far is that uh, black box hired the cat to steal the Dominus objective, which... According to what they, they said is a bunch of crazy shit, but, uh, you know, really acts as a backdoor password to any file on a server that it's attached to. So from what we've seen about how it's been able to use, be used, uh, Black Box has mutant powers that makes him like this broadcasting signal. Uh, or he can, he, he can take in any broadcast signal, kind of like a telepath can take in thoughts. And yeah. so uh, this... This dominus objective becomes this information processor as well as a backdoor. He's he's basically the server and now he can open up any file and easily navigate his powers as well. Um but yeah. Uh some of that's gonna be revealed in this issue, but it's so drawn out that it's just it, it Yeah, it I, I kinda I'd stop reading some of the bubbles and I just kept looking at the pictures and I had to reread them anyway. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like he, I feel like they made up, I don't know. I've never cared to go back and try to look for this character uh, in anything that I've, that I've like, like I said, we used Marvel unlimited. I, I've, I could go back and try to see, verify his backstory from this issue, but it's just like, fuck it. The way they explained it is enough. And I really don't care about this character that much. Yeah, um, because the cat is such an egotistical prick, he needs an extra incentive to steal other people's shit. He he really does. He's he admits it too much. So he convinced Cable to hire Deadpool and the bad girls for the same job to, you know, up the challenge. To his credit, the cat was able to successfully bring the dominance objective to a black box. Yeah. Uh. So, you know, he's a dick, but he gets to. I guess the writers let him back it up. I don't know why. I mean, Anyone so could have brought that lame like Weasley. Because in the end, none of it fucking matters anyway. Uh, yeah. But that's getting ahead, our, ahead of ourselves. Um, at this point, where we're at, because we haven't even gotten to the issue proper, I've just started bitching about the character because I can't stand him. Um, like I can't stand Cyclops. <laughs> it's almost the same, but your character shows up in a lot more. This is the only place I've seen the cat. Yeah, well, um, I wish substantially. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so Cable and Deadpool have confronted Black Box, and he has a couple of lieutenants that are essentially D-list villains that Deadpool killed uh, somewhere around 1997. I, uh, I think it was like the first issue of that series, uh, introducing the idea that dead because I think before that Deadpool had, had like a limited series and now it was his own full series because he'd shown up in um, sort of X Force and X Force related stuff. 
which is where his connection to Cable comes from. Um, <clears throat> but so these two characters were part of this whole thing where Deadpool just goes around killing a bunch of villains to clear out ranks. So um, yeah, these two characters, makeshift, makeshift, and Reeve are. I mean, makeshift is like a shitty female version of the Fixer or Forge, and Reeve is like, pick a swordsman, you'll find a better one. <coughs> they really only exist to die. And the last issue ended by dragging the final reveal that Black Box identity to this issue. <laughs> Which, you know, who the fuck cares? Turns out Black Box is Garabed Bashur. Garabed? Seriously? <laughs> that's the they want? I, I can't tell. Like I said, I can't tell if they made him up for this issue and just retconned a backstory that connected him to Cable, Deadpool, and uh, Professor X. Or if he actually has a backstory and they were just like, we're going to totally play up this character. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't know. He's not the greatest. <laughs> he's, a, he's, I mean, he's not. I think they kind of, if he was made up before this era, and I think that it's the powers that kind of show me why he wasn't made up before this era, because he's basic. Like, it's not until Wi-Fi and wireless signals that his powers are actually going to be anything useful. True. Yeah. You know, he has the mutant power to be a walking conduit of broadcast signals. Uh, you know, that's it. So with this Dominus objective, he can now, it's like his infinity stone. It makes his abilities actually practical. Yeah, that's that's true. So, um, yeah, (laughs) he's, he sucks. Uh, I can't, and I can't, like, I feel like the last few uh, episodes, I've really just been shitting on some of the core characters of the series. Uh, it's okay. I mean, they're worth shitting on anyway. I I swear, I love this series. It's just Black Box, the cat. They're they don't sell it for me. I I liked as much as I make fun of him. I liked Prester John so much better. I mean, yeah, he, he's hysterical because he's a terrible version of Thor. <laughs> Um, and, they, and they just keep throwing in those stellar rod jokes, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but sure, is surrounded by an army of two shitty clowns, and he can't make any more clones of himself due to an ambiguous and timely problem with the clone with his clone pads. So Cable goes after Bashir, but leaves all the women, and that's a direct quote. Uh, <laughs> way to be progress- progressive back in 2005 Marvel uh, all, he leaves all the women to Deadpool uh, and Deadpool engages in a nice PG-13 clone slaughter you know the, the you know like Wolverine and X-Men 2 where you know he's killing people but there's no blood so it's okay yep. um, <laughs> uh, Cable's influence comes to the surface as Deadpool begins to find the killing somewhat unsettling but then a clone of makeshift attempts to point out the, uh, the the humanity of each of those clones, and then Deadpool's fine with all the killing again. All she had to do was talk. During the fight, Cable and Deadpool have a conversation that provides further explanation of Comcast powers. Sure, is connected to the Wi-Fi of light, 
with no processor. All broadcast information washes over him like an ocean, and he has to, like, focus hard to gain any useful information from the depths. Like, he can literally get lost for way too long. And in this context, the Dominic's objective process the information and lets sure swim through and access the data like an internet Aquaman. The very terrible version of Aquaman. Yeah, but there's a point to it that we're eventually going to tell you about. We might have already mentioned it because there's no point in hiding anything about this guy. Um, Bashir reveals he's been able to access AIM files on the Phalanx embryo that Kurt this cable's techno-organic left arm and eye. Uh, remember, he got those during the... Uh, there was the burnt offering story where he loses telepathy, and then he, uh, when dead him while still being considered the one who killed him uh, he uses that phalanx embryo um, but by destabilizing the embryo by hacking into it with the his infinite access and destabilizing it uh, Bashir is able to stop Cable dead in his tracks and Deadpool makes specific note that he thought this plot device of turn Cable's body into walking scrubbing bubbles was totally that quote <laughs> But it turns out that it was actually happening is that Cable is turning this attack to his favor by hijacking Bashir's powers, making him into Cable's personal Wi-Fi router for a unique version of his own telepathy. And there's the rub. That That's why Cable was so interested in getting all of this done, because he had a use for Bashir. He wanted, like, Bashir basically, go, in, in, in the course of a couple of pages, goes from being, like, oh my god, he's this powerful information broker that we didn't know who he was. And then, oh my gosh, he's got the, uh, you know, MacGuffin that makes his power super strong to to be my Wi-Fi router. My human Wi-Fi router. Live with it. <laughs> um, so, Cable and Compass make peace regarding their shared past on the Infonet because... Uh, apparently Comcast betrayed Cable uh, like that. Uh, while Deadpool continues to thankfully rid the comic book world of most of the copies of Makeshift and Reeve. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's worth noting that this section of the issue contains Bashir's backstory, but all the important relevant points have already been sarcastically bitched about on the podcast. <laughs> so we don't have to cover any of it. Um, <laughs> much like Xavier Magneto and Cable himself, Bashir wants to use his power to save the world in the ambiguous comic book plot device sense. His battle with Cable picks up again when Cable claims he'll save the world faster than Bashir, making all of his efforts pointless in the process. And... <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, and Deadpool is still killing clones while oh. hitting on them. Classic. Then the bat and the cat show up to help. The cavalry has arrived, though whether or not they were needed is supremely questionable. Really... They didn't need. He didn't need it. Yeah, it, he doesn't appear to be losing the fight or even losing steam in the fight at all. It's just kind of like, <laughs> oh, and now we're here too. Yep. <laughs> Uh, back in the Infonet, Cable and Bashir are fighting again because Cable went, yeah, you have good plans, but I'll do it faster. Ha ha. Uh, you know, it's, it's a really childish fight. 
Yeah, super challenging. Uh, Black Box claims Cable's vision is limited because his telepathy only let him see what people think, while Bashir's powers allow him to follow the paper trails of what people actually do. And so he knows mo- he knows more about what they think. I don't know. It's faulty logic all around. Uh, Cable reminds Bashir he knows the f- he knows of the future to come because you know it's amazing. Have you ever noticed this about Cable's character? He claims to know everything about the future, but then when it comes to specifics, he's like, "Dude, it was three thousand years. Why the fuck are you grilling me?" <laughs> He keeps claiming he knows it all. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I know exactly what's going to happen, but stop asking me. I don't fucking know what's going to happen. Uh, um, where, so, um, so anyway, he he cables like, yeah, I know the future, so you should just look into my mind. And uh, Besher does, and since the infonet connection works that way, apparently. Uh, he, he, you know, he takes that peek to and gets to decide who really is the best Jesus allegory in comics because at this point in time, Man of Steel had not been made yet. Um, but yeah, he gets he gets that option and like starts kneeling to Cable pretty early on. Well, oh, no, clones... he does that later. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. um, while the clones are still getting their asses handed to them, the cat destroys the remaining clone vats with a well placed. Wushu chop to the central computer console. Yeah. I was just watching that episode of Psych where Sean, uh, uh, the, the, the one called uh, Romeo and Juliet and Juliet, two triad families, uh, children f- fell in love and are pregnant. Oh, and... I think I didn't watch the I watched that one. Yeah. So he kept talking about Wushu, and I was like, oh, the cat's, chi- the cat's from Hong Kong. So yeah. it's probably it, it, what he does is probably closer to Wushu. So I felt very proud to include that in there. <laughs> um, you know, back in the infonet, uh, Black Box's comments about the future he sees through Cable's eyes sounds like a conspiracy theorist's wet dream of economic, political, and theological block actions converging into a shitty, horrible thing until one man, one saves the world and that man is who the black box bowed for his new savior cable because we can't beat you over the head hard enough with the christ allegories no not at all you're gonna keep getting it (laughs) (laughs) the cat returns to the actual fighting and tells the eight surviving mage six arrives that the clone vats have been destroyed which effectively ends the fighting as they decide that leaving alive is better than dying with no options to return from continuity because they would not survive next to Deadpool. However, their leaving is stopped short when Cable and Bashir come out of their meeting of the minds. Bashir states that he and his clones will be working for Cable now. I have no doubt that like part of why they have these makeshifts and reeves survive is so that they can A show up in the future and be very, very easily uh, to put over a better character. Yeah. yeah. So that's why they like had a few survive and to be like, yeah, but all we know is mercenary work and we're shitty at it. So we're going to show up to be like, you know, the first team in suicide squad. 
Oh, yeah. Um, so the, the cat makes an offhand comment to Cable about the money he paid to make sure the cat took the job offered by Black Box. And that's when the bad girls realize that this means Cable is the person who hired them to steal the Dominus, inje- Dominus objective. Um, fortunately for their friendship, Deadpool is either willful... like it, The thing is, they've made Deadpool cognitively so much more intelligent in, in future and past comics. So like there's part of it where it's like kind of just Deadpool silliness, but some like I like to believe that when Deadpool's sitting there acting like he doesn't know who paid him to take the job, it's just like he and Cable are kind of doing some sort of don't ask, don't tell thing where it's just you know, they both know Cable knows he hired Deadpool and Deadpool knows Cable hired him, but you know, they just, you know, don't admit it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think that's definitely it. Yeah. Um, Deadpool's not such a dummy, like we all assume, most of me. And I think it worked. Like, I think that keeping the dummy persona works for him in context of the universe, because if they think he's stu- like he's stupid, they're not going to, uh, they're going to underestimate him all the damn time. Oh, yeah. No, he plays that totally to his strength. Yeah. Um, days later, back on Providence, it was former ship turned into a floating island utopia's nation state. Ooh, that's a lot of big words right there. <laughs> we get to see Brester John again as he, Johan Creek, I'm pretty sure I said that wrong, and Irene Merriweather are all expressing their discomfort with Cable's new Wi-Fi router of a teammate. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and I love, like, First off, yay, Prester John is back. Maybe we'll stop with these shitty cameos and have his shitty cameos that are also just, you know, oblique references to his stellar rod and totally not acknowledging the double entendre. Um, You know, so uh, sweet. But also, like, Cable's reassurances to them as they're complaining pretty much amount to, I have telepathy again of a sort, so stop bitching and trust me. Yeah. <laughs> like he, there's no, there's no explanation there. He's just kind of like, but I have telepathy again, so I don't care. It's kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> so, so then he calls Deadpool anonymously, and you know this is after he and Irene have a short conversation about how Deadpool doesn't know that Cable's the one who hired him still and you know like we just talked about but he calls Deadpool anonymously to offer him another job so we will be able to see or learn the beginnings of what that other job is uh, with the next issue until yep. then favorite art um honestly like when he I just pretty much the killing. Like it, it's funny just to see makeshift and ride die. So Ariva, I mean, <laughs> I, there there were so many like good moments that were drawn really well, but it was just such a ridiculous comic between the character. I, I don't know. I don't really have a favorite. I have a least favorite. I didn't like the first review. The first few images of the. Re- the reveal of uh, Black Box because I feel like they 
weren't sure how they were going to portray him until the issue went to print or something like that. Like if he was going to be fully a bad guy or not, because the first mm-hmm. few images make him look like a real snotty dick. Right. Uh, in visual style, like he's always sneering and he's got this challenging look on his face. Like he just, he looks like if you've ever seen, and this is going to really date how old I am, but if you've ever seen the show, Clarissa explains it all. He looks like her younger brother whenever he's being a snotty jackass. I hate to say you never saw that show. So you really are dating yourself on that one. (laughs) I can't think of a more frustrating character to to pin him as it's just like he but the thing is by the end of it he like takes on this more like they clearly were just drawing him differently he takes on this more regal look like his hair fixes itself he doesn't look he just he just looks i don't know how to explain it he looks completely different in the end of the issue uh so yeah like my least favorite art is his introduction because just like he he looks so punchable. <laughs> like Cyclops. <laughs> yeah, I knew you <laughs> I mean, if it's not Cyclops, Superman, he looks punchable too, even though like, everyone would break their fists on his face, but still. Yeah, Superman does look... <laughs> Superman looks uh, like he's punchable in the sense that you couldn't hurt him. <laughs> yeah. Um, most interesting part of the story... Uh, to me, honestly, it was just the actual meaning of the minds and it would just kind of be like, hey, by the way, flipped it on you. <laughs> I know, but the way you flipped it, uh, yeah. Um, I got to say, what was it? For me, it was the uh, sort of the, the realization that Cable has spent the better part of the last story arc manipulating everyone that you've seen into exactly what he wants, which is his old powers back, but in a way that won't burn out his brain. Right. So first, like first step was getting some semblance of telepathy back. That's what this whole, like these last four issues were all about that. But to get there, he had to be planning like otherwise he had to be planning before that. So like just realizing that, this guy has been manipulating everything from behind the for a really like that's kind of how he does everything so far this comic is everything is subterfuge and more than just the base uh intention you know yeah yeah he's kind of fucking shady <laughs> definitely i find that interesting um, but a little creepy yeah Issue MVP. For me, it's Deadpool. Uh, I agree. I agree. It's just, I mean, he's having fun killing and just kind of being there. And like, I agree. Like, he, Deadline knows what's going on, but he likes to just play it off as in, like, no, no clue. Yeah. And playing it off helps him out. He, He, like, that's the thing is they install a sort of anti-hero morality filter where it's like if you are uncomfortable with how many people Deadpool is senselessly killing now and slaughtering, they aren't they're clones, they're not, you know they weren't born, they were created so you don't have to worry, like they they even install that for him, but he just like you said, he does a good job of just being, you know 
letting the things happen around him and letting people think he doesn't know as much as he does. Yeah. So got that in spades. Yeah. What about the shittiest character? Ah, uh, I want to say Prester John, but he's not really in it, so it's gonna be Black Box. Oh come on, Prester John wasn't shitty. He was. He was magnificent in this issue. He didn't even refer to his stellar rod once. No, but you have. And that just I makes know. it shitty. <laughs> shitty. Uh, it's, it's so much fun. It's black box. Like, I don't know. Like, is once you kind of realize what his powers is, it's like, oh, okay. It's cool, but at the same time, I don't know. You're still physically super useless and could easily get beat the crap up. Well, and once you realize that kind of the only reason, like, it seems like the only reason they brought him into this was for him to be the Wi-Fi router to Cable's new new internet telepathy. Yeah, like, he was just brought in specifically on that one thing and no other good merit. So, like, he sucks. It's like if your computer had. It's like if the computer slash Wi-Fi router had a soul. Oh, they don't. No, oh, but Black Box does, and that's how Cable uses them. Oh wait, no, Black Box has a soul. Oh damn. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it's great that you're able, like. There were so many shitty characters this issue that since you picked Black Box, I can just pick one of uh, what in my mind is the other two uh <laughs> since the cat was mostly useless except for to you know i don't know destroy the clone vats mm. but uh mostly useless um but i mean if if deadpool's our our issue mvp cable's got to be our shittiest character cuz he's if if we think that Deadpool knows the ways in which he's been getting manipulated and knows the ways uh, that people are acting and is not letting on, then Cable's kind of a dick for assuming all this about Deadpool because he's totally he's totally believing he's getting away with all of it. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. I didn't really think of it that way, but yeah, that, Cable can definitely be totally a shitty person. I mean, yeah. The son of Cyclops. <laughs> oh no, his parentage is gonna come come back to haunt him. I mean, I mean, it yes, be all bad. Be. Well, I was gonna try to bring his mother into it, but it turns out that the version of Jean Grey that is his mother is Madeline Plot Pryor, which Goblin Queen uh, coincidentally was a clone. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Uh, well. So now we proceed on to the most anticipated part, which is our closing skit. So um, how we received was the letter bag ending with the last issue-based episode. Oh, we didn't lose any listeners. But did we even gain any? Oh, not as far as I can tell. Damn. Anyway, what do we have going on this week? So this week's letter comes to us via Carrier Pigeon. Wait, wait, that that still happens? How many YouTube social networks are you going to sign us up for? For your information, Carrier Pigeons can be useful both for communication and revenge. Hold, hold, revenge? Wait a minute, what barrage of bullshit is that I told you about the other day? Was that you? (laughs) 
No, I can't fly. What the fuck does that prove? Anyway, uh, Timothy Turner, carrier pigeon. What is your preferred pumpkin carving technique? That's a very good question. Um, first, have a really good knife. Um, don't use a butter knife. Someone tried once and it just it was hysterical because it took him an hour to realize that he was stupid. Um, many stores sell some pretty useful kits for carving that you can augment with standard kitchen knives. When it comes to design, I like to use a paper stencil and a nail. After scooping out the pumpkin guts, always fun, I take the corners of the paper to the pumpkin and use a nail to poke the outline of what I intend to cut into the surface. After that, a great jack-o'-lantern is pretty much a matter of connecting the dots with a cutting tool set. And I usually save time by cutting a face into my pumpkin freeform style. That explains why your son tends to smash your pumpkins on the doorstep and steal mine. You tell him to do that, don't you? You're damn right. 